and welcome to Girls That Invest, the platform that empowers millennials through financial literacy. You're joined today by your host Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are extremely passionate about all things investing and personal finance. Today's podcast is what is the stock market and how do I make money from it? I think that's a very valid thing to want to learn when you're you know, beginning investing. We decided to break down this episode into two parts because there's a fair amount to cover. And so in part one today, we'll be discussing what the stock market is, how to make money through it, and the reasons why young people do already invest. In part two, we'll be covering where to invest, the different options that you have, and sort of hashing out the different types of investments that are available. So things like the difference between stocks and mutual funds and index funds and ETFs and all that fun stuff. Before you knew what the stock market actually was, what did you think it was? I actually didn't know. I thought it was just like a place of work for people who are in that industry. Like I didn't really, which is, to be honest, not too far off from what it actually is. I was so confused. My experiences like in the last podcast if you've heard our, our first podcast we talked about wolf of wall street i thought like you see a little bit of the stock market in movies like that or have you seen the pursuit of happiness with um will smith yes i love that movie i think he became a stockbroker don't quote me on it but i'm pretty sure that's what he did and so those were scenes of like very similar content compared to wolf of wall street at the start and so I was like oh it's like this place where these guys are salesmen on phones trying to get people to invest but I just couldn't understand like how that relates like if we had to like call them up to invest or like what it was it was very intimidating yeah so what is the stock market summary (laughs) so to, to break it down I always like to use this example of a lemonade stand because I love it so much I don't take credit for this explanation. I've seen it a couple of in a couple of places, but it just rings so true and it's so easy to grasp. And I remember when I finally understood it, I was mad. I was so mad <laughs> about how simple this was and how how just complicated everyone had made it seem out to be. And I was like, this is it. I was just gonna say, even if you Google it, like the definitions on those different investing websites they're so confusing like right off the bat if they're explaining it in like one sentence yeah I'm I'm just looking now so if I google what is the stock market it says it's where individuals and institutional investors come together to buy and sell shares in a public venue which is obviously true but that still to me to an everyday person doesn't really make you go oh okay that makes sense it's kind of like okay but what are institutional investors where do they come together what does it mean they buy and sell shares and what do you mean a public venue like do you have to physically be there and so I feel like it just raises more questions so this lemonade stand example did it just finally click for you it really did so basically imagine that I am a lemonade stand owner I have opened up shop just on my neighborhood street and I start doing really well as the successful businesswoman that I am. <laughs> and so imagine that it starts doing well. I'm like, cool, you know, there's a market for it. Now I want to open up a lemonade stand on the street a few blocks down because, you know, 
am doing well. I want to, as like any other business, I want to grow bigger. To grow bigger, I have to buy another stand. I need to get more cups, more water, more lemon, more sugar. So I need to buy things for my company. I need to spend money to grow. And as a company owner, there's two ways I can do this. I can go to the bank and go to ASB and just be like, hi, I want to, you know, open up a lemonade stand. Can I get a business loan? The problem with the loan is that I have to eventually pay it back and I have to pay it with interest, which means that if I take $1,000, I might end up having to pay back, you know, $1,700 or $1,500. So I pay back more than they've actually given me. Whereas the other option of how I can get money to grow this lemonade stand is me going to the public and announcing an IPO. Now, an IPO is a, an initial public offering. It is me, a company, literally going out to the world and saying, I'm going to take my company public. That means I'm going to take my lemonade stand company, break it into 100 shares or 100 pieces, and distribute those shares out to anyone that wants to buy them. And I will keep maybe 60 shares to myself, so I still own majority, 60%. And 40 shares, I'll say, if anyone wants to buy it on this day, you know, next week, Monday, you're all able to buy it and I'm going to sell it for $10. So that's what an IPO is. And when I do that, everyone that buys a share of my company on that day, all that money comes to me. So in 2013, Twitter was growing. They needed a lot of money. And so Twitter said, we're going to go public. We're going to break our company into maybe a million pieces. And do you know how much they raised from that? A billion dollars. Yeah, basically. $1.8 billion. <laughs> and that's so good because that's $1.8 billion that they didn't have to get from the bank that they have to pay back. So that's why companies create stocks and put it up for sale and let everyday people buy them. That's also the reason why... You can't buy a share from like your local cafe or local fish and chip store because they aren't public companies or, you know, you have to go through a full on like sort of process to want to be public and, you know, you need a lot of money to get started. And so that's basically why companies have their shares there. Now, my lemonade stand, just say I am putting out those 40 shares into the public and you, Sonia, are an investor, and you believe in my lemonade stand. You've tried it, you like it, and you think that my lemonade stand share for $10 is worth buying because you think that in maybe 5, 10 years, it's going to be worth $20. And so you're like, oh, I'm going to make a profit off this, so I'm going to buy it. So you buy it, and then you have another friend Daisy comes along and she thinks, actually, I think right now it's worth $20 and in the future it's actually going to be worth $50. So I think that stock price is a little bit lower than what it's worth. So I see that as a bargain. I'm going to buy that off Sonia. So she comes up to you and, you know, pays you $20 for it. Now it's her stock. So if you imagine it like a little certificate or a little piece of paper, that's how I like to imagine stocks and now it's hers then someone else comes along and he goes 
you know, I think it's really worth $9. It's not that great of a company right now. And then Daisy freaks out and she's like, oh no, I have overpaid for it. And so she sells it to him for $9. And that buying and selling of stocks, that's what the stock market is. It's just the facility to buy and sell. So if you think about it like eBay or Trade Me or any sort of buy and sell online marketplace, the stock market is that. Now you can buy and sell through different websites and different brokers, but they all connect to sort of one big virtual or physical place. But basically what that means is you're buying and selling stock. So anytime I, you know, have a Tesla stock and I want to sell it, there's someone else on the other end, somewhere else in the world that at that moment wants to buy it for that price. So on my online brokerage website where I'm looking at my stocks, there'll be a price and it will say, Tesla stocks, $1,000. Do you want to sell it right now? And I'll be like, yeah, that's the price I want to sell it for. And on the other side, somewhere else in the world, someone will see Tesla stock, $1,000. Do you want to buy it? And they're like, yeah, that's the price I'm willing to pay. And so when I sell it, it kind of goes into the space and it waits for someone to buy it. And that's what the stock market is. It's really interesting thinking back to the origins of the physical stock markets, like the New York Stock Exchange. So the New York Stock Exchange on Wall Street is one of the biggest stock exchanges in the world. It's also the one that you see in movies like Wolf of Wall Street, like the pursuit of happiness. Basically, the origins were that in the 18th century, there was a marketplace, a physical like place where people sat down and met up under a buttonwood tree. And it was on a street called Wall Street. Surprise, surprise. And merchants would come under this tree and buy and sell stocks of companies. And so eventually that became a proper, you know, building. So that's why they called it the stock market is actually a marketplace. Yes. And it was on Wall Street. And so that's why the whole that's Wall Street thing comes where from. All those visuals come from. Mm-hmm. Damn. I knew it had to come from somewhere. <laughs> I knew there was a logical reason behind it. Yeah. Like with all most things. I think the concept behind a stock market, it is actually quite simple to wrap your head around. I think with the way that you explained it and another common analogy that people use is they refer to it as like an auction house where you just like buy, trade, sell and using the examples that you're using for the lemonade stand, it kind of that's the visual that I get. I believe in your lemonade stand so much. And then, you know, maybe a few years later, I just want to get rid of it. Yeah. Someone else comes and buys it. Yeah, exactly. And that leads on to the really good question. Why would anyone want to buy a stock of a company? Like what is in there for them or how do they make money through it? And that's basically just what you've said. So there's two ways you can make money through the stock market. Number one is capital gains, and it's very similar to capital gains of houses, if you understand that. So with a house, you know, if you buy it and then 10 years later you sell it, usually the price will have gone up. And if you buy it for 500000 later you sell it for a million, the capital gain or the profit would be 500000 the difference between the buying and the selling price. And that's exactly the same with stocks. If I buy a stock of... Apple and I buy it for a thousand dollars. I buy it because I think 
over time, it's going to be worth $1,200 and I will have made a $200 profit. And so that is one of the ways you make money. The other way is through dividends. Do you know what dividends are? Are they the like small profits that you get from the stock that you bought? Yeah, that's basically it. Payouts for buying yes. the stock that you bought. <laughs> yes, that's yeah, that's a really good way of describing it, payout. So basically some companies, not all, some, and they don't have to do this, they kind of say thank you every quarter or every you know year. They sort of do it at different times, but they say thank you and they give a little bit of their profit from their company and they distribute it to all their investors. So if my lemonade stand you know, started doing really well and we just like bet our profit margins and we were like, wow, like we have almost <laughs> extra money. We would then take that money and equally spread it to all our shareholders, which are people that have bought a stock from us. And so some companies are known to always give dividends or they've done it a lot. They do it, you know, every month or every quarter or, you know, once a year and they've been doing it for 20, 30 years. So some people will honestly invest in stocks that give dividends because they actively receive income from it. So it's pretty cool. And that's where I want to be because <laughs> you get those people that just live off their dividend payments month to month or, you know, year to year. It's very cool. And saying that, it's also worth noting that companies don't have to give dividend payments so they could be giving dividend payments for 40 years and then coronavirus might hit and they might just be like hey look sorry this year we're not going to give anything so it's worth noting a lot of investors like to see dividends as a cherry on top so they don't invest just for the dividends but like by all means hand me that check if they do give it i guess that leads us on to why people even invest one of them is the dividends Another big reason, or I think the main reason, especially for me, that people invest is because of inflation. We did touch on it a little bit in our previous podcast where we were talking about, you know, why more people should invest in the first place. Essentially, inflation is where your money loses value over time. It sounds a bit crap, really, but that's the easiest way for me to explain what inflation is without getting too technical. A lot of people use, if you put $1,000 like under your mattress, you're not putting it in a savings account, you're not you know, investing it, you're not doing anything with it, you're just like, yep, I've got this one grand that I'm going to put under my mattress. When you need that $1,000, maybe... 10, 20, 30 years down the line, it's not going to have the same value it originally had when you first put the 1k under your mattress with investing. I guess it's one of those rare things where you're investing, eventually the value of that stock or share is expected to arrive. If you follow the stock market, the history of the stock market for a good like 30, 40 years, You'll see that the S&P 500, which is a index fund or an ETF, which we'll go into detail in later, which tracks the top 500 companies of the US. Historically, that has risen or the stock has risen by around 7 to 10% over that period every single year on average. And so 
when inflation is roughly 2% a year, so your money loses value 2% a year, but your investments make, you know, 7 to 10% a year, you're not losing money because you're trying to outpace inflation. It's a bit like a, a, a race between you and inflation, which is a really good point to note because sometimes, you know, you put money in savings accounts and if they're not giving at least 2%, Two percent just means that your one thousand is still worth one thousand later on. It's not even increasing because even if you're getting that two percent interest payment, you're just breaking even. So another reason that people look to investing is because it can really help grow your wealth, and it doesn't always have to be in that wide time frame that I used earlier, like thirty years. Perhaps people use investing to reach their financial goals faster. And maybe eventually get to a point where they, you know, do live off dividend payments while they can. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such a good point. Investing is a huge, huge vehicle for growing your wealth. You know, there's very few ways to become rich without investing. If you, you know, aspire to have a very wealthy luxurious lifestyle not a lot of people achieve that just through their income alone it is not very likely that we're going to be earning a million dollars a year it'd be nice i'd appreciate it but it's just not the reality the way that we grow our wealth and the way that people have consistently time and time again grown their wealth has been through making money and saving and investing their income and it just, it snowballs like we were talking about last time, the whole compound interest. You're making your money work for you. Absolutely. Because another reason why people invest is for retirement as well, you know. For those of you who live in New Zealand, if you're part of the KiwiSaver scheme, good news for you team, like you're already investing. I'm Yay. like, you're already on that journey because KiwiSaver is a voluntary investment yes. scheme and essentially what happens is is that you put between like three to ten percent i think it works i think the maximum is ten percent that you can put in but your employer also puts in three percent kiwi saver you get three percent from your from your employer some employers will match more so the dhb matches i think i want to say six or eight so if you are working in the DHB, in the hospital system, by all means, make sure you are getting that match because that is a 100% return on your money. But yeah, so basically with investing and why people invest, I think you sum that up pretty well. It is about reaching your financial goals faster. For example, if you are someone that says, you know, in five or 10 years, I want to buy a house, it might be, and you know, it depends on your personal circumstances, but it might be worth putting that money into investments, especially nowadays where interest rates, so savings accounts that say, you know, put your money with us, we'll give you an interest rate back every year, they're barely meeting inflation. So you are barely, yeah, beating inflation and being able to let your money work for you. And so a lot of people are looking in putting their money 
into safe investments as opposed to letting it sit in the bank account during this time. So unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. This was definitely a jam-packed episode or basically half an episode because we still have part two coming out next week. We went over what the stock market was, why companies have stocks. Um, We went over why people want to buy them and therefore also how it makes us money. We hope you enjoyed part one um, of this episode. And if you have any feedback, please hit us up on Instagram on Girls That Invest. We also have a growing Facebook group. It is um, one of our little communities that we have grown um, where people just feel a little bit more comfortable to ask questions and and learn together really um we can't wait to catch up with you all next week tuesday um for the second part of this episode so before we go and um, we have a little disclaimer girls that invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs we are not financial advisors and the advice on girls that invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Always do your due diligence and please do your research. All right, till next time, Sonia.